0: All right, welcome back to CBS Sports Radio. I'm Vince Quinn here with you. And the trade deadline was uh, – it was actually shockingly crazy, the, the amount of things that were going on. It was a really uh, wild time. So joining us to help us catch up with everything from Bleacher Report, Sean Hyken's on the show. What's going on, Sean?
1: You're all right, Vince. How about
0: you? I'm doing good. So uh, how busy, how crazy was it for you with everything going on with the trade deadline?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you go into – you you never the trade deadline is never as quiet even when when it, it seems like it's going to be really quiet like this one did go, going into the day of like there like you usually the week of the deadline there are at least a couple of deals that uh, go through maybe a couple of days before the deadline and maybe some of the fireworks happen before the actual deadline but. Uh, so, but you know, with this one, we you kind of thought going in that maybe it was going to be a little bit quiet. Maybe Victor Oladipo would get moved. Maybe Kyle uh, something would happen with Kyle Lowry. Maybe one or two other things. But it didn't seem like it was going to be a very active deadline. And then you know Nikola Vucevic, who I don't think anybody thought was even available. All the buzz around the Magic was, oh, they're going to trade Aaron Gordon, and you know they did end up trading Aaron Gordon, but. Vucevic, you you didn't even think, was going to be available. And then out of nowhere, the Bulls just go and you know, get a deal done for him. And then all this other stuff happens, and then it seems like you know Victor Oladipo is going to end up not getting traded. And then right at the buzzer, he gets traded to Miami basically for nothing. And then there's like some other deals that happened in between, maybe came out of nowhere, like the, the Portland Rodney Hood, uh, Gary Trent, Norm Powell trade. Uh, that one wasn't really... Discussed beforehand, like the Blazers had been more linked to Aaron Gordon than than to Norm Powell, but it's just it's just a lot going on, a lot of it just kind of came out of nowhere.
0: Well, and that's the thing with all of these different moves that happen, and a lot of it being unexpected. What really sticks with you at this point? Like, what do you think was the the most, or what would you say was the most uh, consequential thing that happened? Well,
1: I think the Aaron Gordon Denver. Uh, deal could be consequential it's going to be interesting to see whether he buys into maybe because I, th- I think one of the one of the issues with him in orlando is that he's always kind of thought of himself as a star and as a first option and you know you've kind of have seen what's happened with that in orlando the team you know if he if he's one of your first your first or second option you're not going to be that good and then you know he gets to denver he's behind Nikola v- uh Jokic, rather and uh Jamal Murray and so is he going to be willing to kind of buy into being that you know super role player basically like a supercharged version of what Jeremy Grant gave them last year like is he going to be willing to do that and if he is then I could see that being kind of a missing piece for Denver and they could actually really go far in the west and then the other one is Vucevic going to Chicago I don't know if it really changes them that much this year in terms of like, I still think they're in that five, six, seven range in the East. They got blown out tonight by uh, San Antonio, so it's not off to a great start, but I think that does make them a lot better, and I think it's going to make them really interesting going forward beyond this year.
0: So, we're talking with Sean Hyken of Bleacher Report, covers the NBA for them. And, Sean, I got to ask you, there was so much buzz around Kyle Lowry and so much expectation that he was going to go, and ultimately he didn't. And so, what do you make of Toronto at this point?
1: Well, Maasai didn't find a deal that he liked. I think they would have liked to move Lowry because he's probably not going to be uh, re-signed this summer. It, 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 it probably doesn't make sense for them to bring him back at the number that he's probably going to want as far as a new contract. But Maasai was also just not going to give him away for free. And once you know Miami was basically able to get Victor Oladipo basically for nothing, and so that they were out of the out of the market. And then uh, Philly got George Hill. Uh, In order to you know, kind of a cheaper you know point guard option, they didn't really give as much up. And then the Lakers were rumored to be in on Lowry. I never really bought that because just I didn't see really what they had to give up that would make sense for them to give up, especially with the injuries that LeBron and Anthony Davis are dealing with right now. I never I thought that was kind of more uh, Toronto trying to create leverage. They're just the Raptors are just kind of in a weird spot right now. Clearly, the run is over of that championship core uh, and. You know the, the group that basically you know took Boston to seven in the in the second round last year in the playoffs, and now you. Know, I think I think a lot of it is just kind of the playing in Tampa this year has kind of messed them up in terms of every other team in the league gets to, you know they play seventy two games, you play uh, thirty six on the road and thirty six at home. The Raptors are basically playing seventy two road games because. They're not sleeping in their own beds. I think that's really an underreported thing and underdiscussed. Totally, kind of just messed up their entire season. And you know, they've had some injuries and they had the COVID stuff a couple of weeks ago. And Pascal Siakam got off to a pretty terrible start to the season. Uh, I don't know the, the Raptors. I still think they could be interesting. Get you know in the play-in thing. I think they could kind of stick around that range, but they're certainly not as good as they were last year.
0: Yeah, so we're talking with Sean Hyatt in a Bleacher Report. And, Sean, let me ask you about this, right? Because the interesting news story coming out today was that the Thunder are just going to sit Al Horford for the rest of the year. So he's not going to play. He's just going to be deactivated the rest of the season. They're going to let the kids play. Uh, what does the NBA do? Like, is it is it okay for them to just do that all year? It just seems like a weird thing with the the general um, fussiness of the league with tanking. You know what I mean? It's just It's an odd situation.
1: Well, I can tell you, a lot of Pelicans fans are not happy about it because remember a couple of years ago when he, when Anthony Davis was trying to get himself traded to the Lakers, and then they basically shut him down. They said it was a shoulder thing. They had to basically say that it was a shoulder injury yeah. and in order to avoid getting fined and getting draft picks taken away. And now the Thunder are just basically allowed to say, "Oh yeah, you know, uh, Al, we're we're trying to lose games because I, Sam Presti wants to control every single draft pick for the next seven years." So. Uh, <laughs> So we're just gonna our our one you know good veteran player. We're just not gonna play the rest of the year, and I just he makes too much money for them to buy him out. He's got two years left on that deal at about twenty five or twenty seven per year. So that like the idea of buying him out so he can go to a good team that's not really realistic. That's just too much money to do that with. So I I understand what they're going for, and if you're the Thunder, it makes sense to you know play the kids and. Yeah. Tell tell uh, Al Horford to just sort of uh, get, you know, get, you know, figure out uh, what his, you know, what your, you, uh, you know, what his next destination is going to be. And I will say that the Thunder organization and Sam Pressy they do have a reputation, as an organization that generally does right by guys in that situation. They worked with Chris Paul and his agent on getting him to Phoenix uh, this past off season. The year before, when it when Paul George uh, went to the Clippers, and it seemed like it was clear that Russell Westbrook was gonna, you know, be traded somewhere. They worked with him on a trade that he liked, that to a place he wanted to go. They weren't gonna just trade him somewhere he didn't want to go. They do have a reputation for doing that, and so I think that allowed Al Horford to maybe be like, "Look, I'm gonna go along with this." And then they're going to do right by me in the offseason. They're going to trade me to a team that maybe I want to go to. Now, what team that is, I don't know. I think it's probably too early to say what, what teams it's going to be. But it is going to be interesting to see how the league reacts to this. I think it's kind of a bad look for the league, honestly, that a guy like Al Horford, who is certainly not the guy he was four or five years ago, but he's still a good, productive player. He could help a team. That And they're just going, you know what, yeah, we're good. We're trying to lose games. We're trying to... Uh, developed like I was watching their game tonight against the Celtics, and there were like four actual like players that I even really knew a lot about, even as somebody who follows the n b a because of my job like they're really just trotting a d league team out uh, there and they're just bla- actively, it's it's really the most blatant tanking job since the Sam Hinkie's process Sixers.
0: Well, yeah, and it's interesting you say that, actually, because I'm from Philly. Like, I'm a Philly guy. My Twitter feed is full of Sixers people that are angry as hell about this because of the way the league handled the Sixers and the process and, you know, Adam Silver getting the Colangelos and all this different stuff. But to see how it was then, and then now this year you've got Andre Drummond, for example, who sits like a month or a month and a half As they get ready to trade him, now you've got Horford that's going to be sitting out the rest of the year. It it is a weird space for the league to navigate. And so, you know, yeah, what do they do about it? How do they decide to answer it? It's a huge question, and I'm curious to see what they do. But the other thing that just happened here is uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is now going to be a Brooklyn Net. So after all the moves have been made looking at the East here, are the Nets the team to beat? I think the Nets were
1: the team to beat regardless, assuming Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and all them are healthy in the playoffs. I don't think LaMarcus Aldridge really changes that one way or the other. I don't like you. The thing about these buyout guys, a lot of them are big names. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge, multiple-time all-star. Blake Griffin, who they picked up uh, a couple weeks ago, obviously also a multiple-time all-star. Andre Drummond, who most reports suggest is going to the Lakers. It's not official yet, mm-hmm. but it seems like it's heading that way. You know big name former lottery pick. Uh, a lot of these guys, you know, when they're when pe- you know people kind of get like I see all the memes of like, oh my god, how I can't believe that NBA is letting the Nets just get Blake Griffin and Lamarcus Aldridge. Okay, <laughs> well, this isn't the Blake Griffin and Lamarcus Aldridge of 2014. And a lot of these buyout guys, if you look at the history of these buy of, of like these you know guys going to these contenders on a buyout, I'm I'm old enough to remember 2017 when. The Cavs picked up Darren Williams after he got bought out from uh, Dallas, and it was the same thing. Oh my God, I can't believe the Cavs are so loaded. They've got Darren Williams now. Former, and it's like Darren Williams hadn't, at that point, Darren Williams hadn't been good in like four years. So <laughs> most of these buyout guys, occasionally you'll have one like, like when Miami signed uh, Birdman, Chris Anderson, uh, mm-hmm. during the, the, those couple of LeBron years where he was a huge part of their uh, title team in 2013 or when Boris Diao went to San Antonio or going back a few years before that, PJ Brown uh, basically was signed off the street uh, to the Celtics in 2008. And he was a big part of their uh, title run. Occasionally it'll go that way, but uh, more of them are like, you know, uh, 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 Darren Williams going to the Cavs or uh, Joe Johnson. Remember Joe Johnson went to the Rockets in 2018. <laughs> the year They won 65 games or like, like, the Mavericks will, like, sign David Lee after he gets a buyout from the Celtics. Like, it, mo- most of them are, like, that more so than, like... And so even though it's a big name, it's a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge or Blake Griffin. It's a name that casual fans know. I don't think most of those guys really move the needle one way or the other.
0: Yeah, and, and when you're looking at the East, regardless of that, still Brooklyn, right? Still Brooklyn. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so.
1: I mean, those those... I mean, we we really we've seen so little of what those three actually look like together because Kevin Durant hasn't played in almost two months because he's dealing with the hamstring thing. But this the, even without him, the Harden has been so good, and you know Kyrie has missed a few games here and there. But those two together have been so good, and you know you're starting to see some of their supporting guys like Nicholas Claxton uh, emerge, and then uh, Joe Harris has still been really good in his role. I mean, I think the defense is still maybe going to be an issue, and I'm not sure how much 35-year-old LaMarcus Aldridge and 30, what's Blake Griffin, 32, 33. Like, I don't think that's really going to help them defensively, but I think if those three are are all healthy, the uh, the offense is so good and so unguardable that I don't know if it's really even going to matter much.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And so we'll see how it all shakes out, but it's been great talking to you, the, with you about all of this. Sean Hyken from Bleacher Report. You can follow him on Twitter, at Haiken. Sean, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me.